Part One, Story One of Tales of King Arthur and the Round Table by Andrew Lang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part One, Story One: The Drawing of the Sword. Long, long ago, after Uther Pendragon died, no king reigned in Britain, and every knight hoped to seize the crown for himself the country was like to fare ill when laws were broken on every side and the corn which was to give bread to the poor was trodden under foot and there was none to bring the evil-doer to justice then when things were at their worst came forth merlin the magician and fast he rode to the place where the archbishop of canterbury had his dwelling they took counsel together and agreed that all the lords and gentlemen of britain should ride to london and meet on christmas day now at hand in the great church so this was done and on christmas morning as they left the church they saw in the churchyard a large stone and on it a bar of steel and in the steel a naked sword was held and about it was written in letters of gold whoso pulleth out this sword is by right of birth king of england they marvelled at these words and called for the archbishop and brought him into the place where the stone stood then those knights who fain would be king took firm hold of the hilt and they tugged at the sword with all their might but it never stirred the archbishop watched them in silence but when they were faint from pulling he spoke the man is not here who shall lift out that sword nor do i know where to find him but this is my counsel that two knights be chosen good and true men to keep guard over the sword thus it was done but the lords and gentlemen-at-arms cried out that every man had a right to try to win the sword and they decided that on new year's day a tournament should be held and any knight who would might enter the lists so on new year's day the knights according to custom went to hear service in the great church and after it was over they met in the field to make ready for the tourney among them was a brave knight called sir ector who brought with him sir kay his son and arthur kay's foster-brother now kay had unbuckled his sword the evening before and in his haste to be at the tourney had forgotten to put it on again and he begged arthur to ride back and fetch it for him but when arthur reached the house the door was locked for the women had gone out to see the tourney and though arthur tried his best to get in he could not then he rode away in great anger and said to himself kay shall not be without a sword this day i will take that sword in the churchyard and give it to him and he galloped fast until he reached the gate of the churchyard he jumped down tied his horse tightly to a tree and running up to the sword seized the handle and lightly and fiercely drew it out then he mounted his horse again and delivered the sword to sir kay the moment sir kay saw the sword he knew it was not his own but the sword of the stone and he sought out his father sir ector and said to him sir this is the sword of the stone therefore i am the rightful king sir ector made no answer but signed to kay and arthur to follow him and they all three went back to the church leaving their horses outside they entered the choir and here sir ector took a holy book and bade sir kay swear how he came by that sword my brother arthur gave it to me replied sir kay how did you come by it asked sir ector turning to arthur 
sir said arthur when i rode home for my brother's sword i found no one to deliver it to me and as i resolved he should not be swordless i thought of the sword in this stone and i pulled it out were any knights present when you did this asked sir ector no none said arthur then you are the rightful king of this land said sir ector but why am i the king inquired arthur because answered sir ector this is an enchanted sword and no man could draw it out but he who was born a king therefore put the sword back into the stone and let me see you take it out that is soon done said arthur replacing the sword and sir ector himself tried to draw it but he could not now it is your turn he said to sir kay but sir kay fared no better than his father though he tugged with all his might and main now you arthur and arthur pulled it out as easily as if it had been lying in its sheath and as he did so sir ector and sir kay sank on their knees before him why do you my father and brother kneel to me asked arthur in surprise nay nay my lord answered sir ector i am not your father though till to-day i could not tell you who your father really is you are the son of uther pendragon and you were brought to me when you were born by merlin himself who promised that when the time came you should know from whom you sprang when arthur heard that sir ector was not his father he wept bitterly if i am king he said at last ask what you will and i shall not fail you for to you and to my lady and mother i owe more than to any one in the world for she loved me and treated me as her son sir replied sir ector i only ask that you will make your foster-brother sir kay seneschal of all your lands that i will readily answered arthur and while he and i live no other shall fill that office sir ector then bade them seek out the archbishop with him and they told him all that had happened concerning the sword which arthur had left standing in the stone and on twelfth day the knights and barons came again but none could draw it out but arthur when they saw this many of the barons became angry and cried out that they would never own a boy for king whose blood was no better than their own so it was agreed to wait till candlemas when more knights might be there and meanwhile the same two men who had been chosen before watched the sword night and day but at candlemas it was the same thing and at easter and when pentecost came the common people who were present and saw arthur pull out the sword cried with one voice that he was their king and they would kill any man who said differently then rich and poor fell on their knees before him and arthur took the sword and offered it upon the altar where the archbishop stood and the best man who was there made him knight after that the crown was put on his head and he swore to his lords and commons that he would be a true king and would do to them justice all the days of his life end of part one story one